0: Been on the radar of myself and so many others for years. And I'll show you why. This is what the stock has looked like for years. In fact, if you zoom out even more here, this peak here is, is you know just before the financial crisis. We're, we're talking 2007. And since then, it's basically been all down, right? Uh, currently at a record low. $6.72 and it's 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 just like a slow motion at this point it's like a slow motion uh, like a plane crash car crash I mean it's everybody knows where this is heading Deutsche Bank is for all intents and purposes insolvent right no, nobody in the you know on, on their board their CEO even in, in some of the big media organizations wants to say it because maybe Technically speaking, they. but but for all intents and purposes, they're insolvent. They're a zombie corporation. Maybe that could be another one that you could call them a zombie bank or whatever term you want to... I don't know if they perfectly fit that description, but but they're a dead bank walking. Everybody knows that Deutsche Bank is either going to collapse eventually or it needs a bailout or a merger. Now, the merger talks with Commerce Bank are, as far as I know, dead in the water. Right? You're going to need a major crisis to, to kind of... Reignite talks of merger with Commerce Bank. The, the prospects of a bailout are, I think, still very much on the table when push comes to shove. Because I'll remind you, the, the collapse of Deutsche Bank, the, the reason people have been talking about it for so long is that it's the potential black swan, the next Lehman moment. And, and people say, like, it's don't expect – I saw an article the other day that the collapse of, of Deutsche Bank, don't expect it to be like a, a Lehman Brothers story, but more so like a Fannie Mae story of course, the, the the institution that was uh, bought out or nationalized, more or less, bailed out by the U.S. government and, and Deutsche Bank by, by the German government. Maybe that's true, but that doesn't reflect a healthy financial system. If Deutsche Bank ultimately does come close to collapse and it is bailed out or nationalized by the German government, uh, don't expect suddenly U.S. and, and European stocks to, to skyrocket on that news. That is not good news by any means that reflects a very sick banking system that is not a positive over the long term, given the size of deutsche bank and, and that 's not even a for sure thing that the German government would actually bail them out or, or 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 even that they would have the ability to right given the the size of deutsche bank and and uh you know the potential exposure that they could have in derivative markets um, how much they could be underwater so again, something to keep an eye on I've been saying that for years, but Again, we're, we've seen this trend for years, a lower and lower stock price, worse and worse financials. At what point does this thing you know, go to zero? Or what point does somebody step in and say, that's enough, we're not going to let this go to zero? Now, another thing I want to talk about here was China. Again, on this theme of reflection of, of reality. PMI data out of, of China is for May, a, uh, this is a private survey, at 502 What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Today is one of those really unique days in which you see some reflection of reality in various markets, including things like the yield curve, the precious metals markets, the stock markets. And, and for that reason... I want to spend a lot of time today talking about what type of reality that they are to some extent reflecting now to to fully see the reflection of that reality we 'd see a probably a much much higher price in precious metals stock valuations would be much much lower the entire bond markets would would look entirely different there'd be a lot of differences that you know these markets uh, we, we know for for years haven 't been paying attention to fundamentals but this is one of those unique days where it's almost like they matter. So that's why I'm gonna take some, some time to talk about these things today and I wanna start off here with precious metals. Just in the last couple of days, this is a one month chart that you're looking at here for silver and gold. Just in the last couple of days, silver to some extent, but especially gold, have absolutely taken off. I mean, this is, this is huge now. Silver you see here in this chart is back to where it was in about mid-May. Because if you look at the gold to silver ratio, it's sitting around 89 or 90 to 1. We know that the ratio has continued to move up. And, and with this latest move over the last couple of days, it hasn't moved a whole lot in either direction. Still around that 90 to 1 level. But gold, gold you have to zoom out this chart to, to find where gold was last at these levels. North of 1300, actually right around 1320. You'd have to go all the way back to, uh, it looks like, uh, late March to find comparable Prices. And, and at that point, I mean, late March wasn't that far off from gold's big move up in February, where it was was kind of denied at that resistance level of around 1350 or just shy of 1350. But this move, I mean, it is really puts in perspective just how large this move has been over just a couple days. And notice, I am focusing more on gold here, and. and Maybe some of you guys recall, you know, even back during this move up in gold, I did focus on gold. Even though silver was moving up as well, focus on gold more for the reason that, that I'm a big believer that yes, a gold to silver ratio is very high, that's eventually gonna come down, but that it's probably going to come down after gold really gets moving. I'm talking about north of 1350, 1360, and then ultimately 1400. Once some of those resistance levels are broken, then I think the gold to silver ratio has a much better chance of of really coming down. And that means an outperformance by silver. And then that's a time to really focus on silver. But for the time being, I think, you know, I am fine with just more so looking at gold. Right? This this chart really drives home that point, that that silver is uh even more undervalued than gold right now, I believe. The, the, the ratio has really uh, increased over the last couple months. But anyways, going back to this, this price, and, and even just that broader theme that I discussed there, the stock market, the yield curve, uh, precious metals, reflecting uh, a, a small slice of reality. Where has this rally come from? Well, these are paper markets, and they, to some extent, trade at the whim of paper traders, bullion banks, Speculators, etc. So that's a part of it. But overall, what I think that this is a reflection of is a flight to safety. First of all, flight to safety in the midst of of a stock market that is really struggling to find support right now is in a very tough environment. Considering factors like the trade war, a slowing economy, and 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 uh, even just the recent development in the trade war, the the uh, the announcement of, of tariffs on Mexico um this is also I think a reflection of a potential easing to ease what some have termed the euro dollar squeeze that has been in play for for quite some time now. It's a very real phenomenon. Euro dollar squeeze. The euro dollar itself does not refer to, to the euro and the dollar. Just basically as offshore dollars that are more or less created by foreign banking institutions. Right, they they have some control, just like the Fed and and U.S. banks have control over the money supply through lending. Uh, so do foreign banks that lend in dollars, basically, and that's you know basically the euro dollar squeeze or the euro dollar that whether it's you know a, a tight or a loose policy relates really very similarly to how how the Fed or U.S. banks work. You know, what's their lending conditions? What's the price of the dollar to, to borrow it, basically, I'm talking you know, rates, really. Well, that's the, really the price to borrow something is, is the, the rate. And so for some time now, it has been um, causing what some people would call a dollar shortage, not not in the sense that you can't find it, but more so that they're expensive. And I've been saying for quite some time now that I don't believe it's going to fully run its course right now. I think more likely that somewhere along the way, the Fed is going to step in and, and ease uh, this, this squeeze. Whether it's for that reason or not, whether they state it's because of this this Euro-dollar system or because it is a weakened economy, the trade war, whatever. Inflation, they want to drive up inflation. Whatever it is, uh, th- their actions, which would be cutting rates most likely, uh, potentially QE at first, that's gonna have the effect of, of easing that squeeze. right, And thus, halting the rise in the dollar and halting the drop in precious metals. I know that's complicated, but that's what I've been I have been talking about it for several weeks now how I believe that's going to happen and and right now you're seeing something really interesting. You're seeing a lot of very large players, market analysts from places like like JP Morgan expecting uh first of all a recession in the near future, but also rate cuts as as early as in July, right? We're already in June we We're talking rate cuts in July potentially rate cuts in uh, you know September in the fall time by the fed and and I think that's part of what you're seeing reflected here as well it's not just a flight to safety but it's also expectations of a weaker dollar of of the end of the hiking cycle and the return of even easier money uh, I, I notice I say easier money because we 're still in a very easy money environment. So that's gold right now, and that's silver. And I think this is extremely encouraging. I think this is going to spark demand. I think it's going to spark interest. I think what remains to be seen is how long can this rally carry on? I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a correction, right? But if it can hold 1300, thirteen seven I think I saw as another key uh, technical level. Uh, we could see a retest of of 1350, 1360 uh, fairly soon here, depending on on how quickly some of these other factors develop. Now, go to the stock market. Kind of an obvious story here that that with the return of the trade war. Remember, for if we we really zoom out here, we'll go to a one year chart. So, this whole drop here that culminated on Christmas Eve was the result of people thinking that the Fed had made a policy error, that they had been tightening too quickly, that they were continuing to tighten despite a drop in in the stock market. And this is around when the Fed basically threw in the towel on on the rate hike cycle and and pivoted, a, a huge Fed pivot. And since then, it's been a melt up based on the Fed as well as this trade deal that was for sure gonna get done. Good news, good news, good news. And then all of a sudden, it, stopped you know Trump you know sent out his basically his, his famous tweet now talking about how this is taking too long and, and we're going to be increasing our tariffs. The, the trade war is back all of a sudden and then he piles on top of that the Mexico tariffs, right And there's been some other factors that have, have led to this drop as well. So that's where we're at right here. What some people have said is, is like a really key support level right here and then if it breaks through that, then we could see a retest of December lows or even lower. I'll, t- I'll probably talk more about this and overall economic growth a little bit later on in this video. Another chart that's really, really interesting is, is this is a 10-year yield. It was not that long ago that we were talking about, like, wow, this is surprising that the 10 years dropped below 3%. This was uh, in, in the uh, quarter four of 2018, uh, dropped below 3%, and then ultimately a big move down below 2.6% here in March. And here we are today, down to 2 on the 10-year yield. Now, this is tough for me because does this reflect reality? To, To some extent, because this is a safe haven asset. That's what it's seen as, U.S. bonds, right? And so, to see these prices go up, to see these yields go down, that's reflecting a lot of money moving into this market because it's fearful of risk assets, namely stocks. The other piece of this is when, how I feel like this is maybe not reflecting reality is the fact that, well, the U.S. is in a ton of debt. And that's not ending ending time soon. And and to to, to drive down yields on, on bonds and to see them as a safe haven asset, I, I see as, as pretty ridiculous. But anyways, what's what I wanted to show you in this chart actually is an additional one. And what it is is the three month yield. Which, since the Fed stopped hiking us, stayed uh, you know, fairly steady. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna merge these charts so that they're on the same percentage. Uh, let's see here. Merge all scales on the right. Okay, so now this puts it in perspective. This has basically stayed steady. It's since come down a bit, the three month. But the 10 year's been moving down significantly. You see it first here in March, inverting basically the 10 year is below the three month, and then a huge inversion just as of uh, the last week or two, right? To see this, you know, a little bit more zoomed in. Look at this, I mean, this is a, you you see a small inversion here, you know, right around the same, but, but we're talking a full, what is this, like 20 some plus basis points below that's, I mean, that's the spread here that we're talking about. Uh, this is a huge inversion, right? And you're seeing this for most of the yield curve, this type of an inversion where longer dated bonds are trading at a lower rate than these other ones. And I wanna talk about this in a future video, talking about how ridiculous uh, it is when people come out and say the yield curve doesn't matter, It's it's not what everybody says it is and of course what everybody says it is is it's a predictor of a recession it's not that it's you know it's different than this time right and and the truth of matters you can go back to to 2006 or 7 and you can find articles about people saying just that that the inversion of the yield curve is doesn't mean a recession's around the corner of course it was the great recession the financial crisis was right around the corner the bond market D- despite my, my problem with it trading at such low yields in the first place, considering the U.S. debt picture, it oftentimes does tell a better story than the stock market. And then this inversion is, is very significant, very significant, and it, again, this inversion, never mind the drop in the yield, but even just this inversion is has to be priced in pretty soon here in the stock market. Now, one more thing here, quickly before I move on to some other topics, talking about this this slice of reality that we're kind of viewing today. Deutsche Bank, this is another one that has